Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Piedmont Prospecting was founded by Chad Cutneau, an award-winning veteran sales professional. Chad's sales career originated in the cutthroat world of radio advertising. For more than a decade, he excelled in a high-demand, high-output position. In 2010, Chad left the tumultuous world of advertising sales and joined a top sales training organization where he thrived teaching his skills to others. Piedmont Prospecting was born of necessity. This is evidenced by the firm's rapid growth. Chad's overarching goal is to be an asset to small businesses so that ultimately the business community can grow, thrive, and create more opportunities. When Chad isn't on the phone finding new opportunities for his clients, you might find him enjoying his extensive music collection or playing the guitar. Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, Denise. uh, So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, I didn't know you played guitar. That's really kind of cool. I I uh, manage. I manage. I've uh, I've played uh, since I was a kid. My dad was a guitar player, so it kind of rubbed off on me. Okay, so I'm thinking about taking up an instrument. Would you recommend that in my oh, say fourth or fifth decade? <laughs> You're never too young to learn an instrument. Guitar is awesome. There's so many resources to learn how to play. If you got a little bit of rhythm, you're going to be okay. So, I got rhythm. We're good. Good. <laughs> so your bio mentions that your business was born of necessity. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah, sure. You know, I was I was with a, a sales training organization for a number of years, and and I was in a networking group in 2018, and a uh, all small B two B business owners. I had, I was yet to start Piedmont Prospecting, but one of my networking buddies was going out for surgery. Small business owner, office of three people, including himself. His name's Tom. I go, Tom. Listen, what are you gonna do when you're laid up from the surgery? And and he, he thought he was gonna be able to work from bed and all that stuff. And uh, I was like, No, man. Let, let let's put together a program where I could do some prospecting while you're while you're out, right? And so we struck up a little a deal and and moved forward with it. Word got around to the other small business owners that I was doing that for for Tom, and hands started going up. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's go grab lunch. I may need your help with this. So instantly, I knew there was a demand. There's a demand because small B two B business owners with smaller offices, usually of one to ten people. The president, owner, CEO is out there trying to generate revenue. They're trying to work on the vision of their business, hiring, firing, being compliant, all the stuff that comes with the business owner. Tadish, you know what I'm talking about. I do. And and uh, it's just a big, big demand out there for Piedmont Prospecting to supplement the business development efforts of these small small business owners. I'm a true champion of small business owners. I'm a small business owner myself. So I have good, I have very good empathy of what they're going through and trying to grow their business. Well, so necessity was necessity from business owners, not out of necessity for you. Thank you for sharing that. That's Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how does um, prospecting differ from marketing and advertising? 
Sure. That's a great question. Um, you know, there's three purposes to prospecting. First of all, build familiarity in the marketplace for your product or service. Also gathering information and also, of course, setting up appointments and meetings, right? And it usually goes in that order. Really, prospecting is an extended arm of your marketing and advertising. You're sharing the message out to the public, out to your target prospects. You're telling the story. So it really is an extension, as I said before, of your marketing program. But, of course, if you're advertising and marketing on its own, somebody has to be there to set up the appointments as well. So we also work alongside of marketing companies and their clients where they are getting the leads coming in and we're following up with them and setting up some meaningful conversations. Fantastic. That And that makes sense The now that you've explained it. So I know sure. there's several things that go into a prospecting program. And let's first talk about targeting. How, if you're working with, and maybe, maybe if we take a business and start a, a hypothetical business, of course, and work it all the way through this process, how would you say a plumber? Okay. Mm-hmm. How would you set up a target audience for a plumber or pick any other business you want? Yeah, let's go to a a commercial plumber, okay? A B2B business, Mm -hmm. such as what we focus on, right? Mm -hmm. I always approach, and that's the first step, is creating or develop a a solid list with up-to-date information. But you need to know who is going to be your buyer, right? I always tell them to take a step back, take a look at their top three, four, or five clients that they have, that they're working with. And what are the, uh, what's that criteria look like? Who in that organization is actually experiencing the pains and the challenges that I know that my company can take care of? What size company are they having success working in? What industry are they having success working in? And really looking at your best clients and copying those for your target prospects is a really, really good way to go, right? The more niche you could get, the better. If you can narrow down to one title in the company, size of the company, geography, and also the industry, you're starting off on a on a pretty good, pretty good foot there, right? Everybody wants to talk to the CEO or president. Sometimes just that's not going to happen. So you can either, if it's a smaller organization, Focus in on that CEO or president. If it's a larger organization, you probably want to do a little bit of research to figure out who exactly you would need to talk to in order to share your story in the most effective manner. So let's take this one step further. So in the case of the commercial plumber, it might be they identify manufacturing as their target market, but Mm -hmm. it might be that it's the very specific title of facilities maintenance manager. Facilities maintenance manager, yeah, in the Charlotte metro area with a revenue of five to ten million dollars. Awesome. That's very, very specific. In number in number of locations. Okay. And now that you've got the target, talk to me about the message. How do you know that what you're gonna say to them is the right thing to say? Sure. Well, Pulling from my experience with uh, in sales training, I, I, I'm always a firm believer in when you're telling a story, giving an elevator pitch, which is what we're basically doing on behalf of our clients, you don't need to be so features and benefits driven in delivering that message. You really need to share 
a, a good headline of who you are, what you do, and who you're with. And then you're typically you're working with clients who typically are frustrated with, disappointed in, concerned about. It's pain statements, pains and challenges that your company solves. You share that with the prospect. They're going to lean in a little bit closer so they can. It's more of an emotional pull, right? Instead of, oh, Piedmont Prospecting, we're, we're the best at this. We've uh, been in business for forever and, you know, we're, we're delivered the best service and we have the best product knowledge, right? Anybody could say that. Yeah, that's a very generic message. Anybody could say that. But leaning in with, some pain questions and getting them to lean in a little bit more will help you in getting them involved in, in really listening to what you're having to say. Okay. And I know that I didn't prep you for this in advance and I'm asking you on the fly. So if you were going to do it for the commercial marketing or excuse me, commercial plumber Mm -hmm. marketing to prospecting to the manufacturing company, speaking to the facilities maintenance manager, Mm -hmm. what would that message sound like? Your elevator pitch. Okay, sure. Hey, Denise, Chad Cutno with ABC Plumbing. We are a commercial plumbing company based in Charlotte, North Carolina. We serve the Carolinas. Uh, we typically work with facility managers like yourself uh, when they're struggling with their current plumbing company to show up on time. Uh, they're disappointed in the quality of work that the their current commercial plumber is delivering and always having to call them back to do repairs over and over and over again. And really, they're concerned about how much money that they're spending on their plumbing issues with with an incompetent vendor. I don't know if any of these are resonating with you. Fantastic. So, and I appreciate you doing that on the fly. Um, Sure. So you hit three pain points that I I recognize are workmanship, timeliness, and price point. That's correct. Awesome. And is that that typical in your message to give multiple pain points like that? Because you did it very concisely. Yes. Yes. Awesome. You always want to share at least three three pains. Remember, when prospecting and you have that decision to make her on the, on the phone, you have about 30 to 45 seconds to make an impact. You can't drag on and on and on. So you need to be respectful of their time and get to the point of what you're trying to deliver and then get their feedback. Perfect. So we've talked about target. We've talked about message. What's left in the process? Doing the work, making the <laughs> calls, making the calls. It's, you know, it's uh, behavior and activity. Uh, you have to have a solid uh, zero call reluctance. You need to pre-plan your calling list. You need to do the research that you need to do. And you need to be prepared. You need to be mentally prepared. Talk to strangers. Uh, and pick up that 500-pound telephone and have the uh, have the fortitude to keep on plugging away and using your technique as you have practiced what you're going to say on the phone many times. I know me and my team work on this all the time, the technique of delivering it and not sounding salesy, not sounding sped up, and not fumbling around, right? And just having a good tonality. But back to actually doing the phone calls, the follow-up emails, the LinkedIn messages, the text, whatever is in your prospecting cadence. And I was reading something the other day that talks about, you know, when you're setting your 
what your output is, what you want your output to be like five sales meetings or whatever, Mm -hmm. that it talks about building it backwards and then scheduling into your calendar, the thing that you could have the most control over, which, you know, 10, 20 calls per whatever hour is more controllable than saying, I'm going to get four sales calls this week. Absolutely. You uh, And I manage my team this way. A lot of managers will manage their team by, okay, you have a meeting quota. You've got to hit these meetings every month. But they really don't look at the math that needs to be done with the dials in the outreach and the contact attempts. I always manage the, the outreach then managing that through the KPIs with the unique conversations that will lead to a fairly predictable, depending on what industry and the size of companies you're trying to call into, that could be a predictor for an average of meetings that you could expect. So while we're on the subject about goals, you know, there's some KPIs that a business manager can track it went <clears throat> when their company is doing sales calls. So can you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about those key performance indicators and, you know, say we're going to do it in-house, what would I want to look at? Sure. Well, you know, you, you need to look at your revenue goals. And again, going back to your point of working backwards, how much is a deal worth to your company? How much is a customer? What is the value of the customer, right? So looking at that, and looking at your past track record of how meeting meetings, first meetings it takes to earn one deal could be two meetings equals one deal. Usually it's about four meetings equals one deal. The average closing percentage nationwide across all industries is about 20 to 25%, right? And then backtracking that, well, how many conversations, unique conversations did I have to get those four meetings, right? And then backing up on that, how many prospecting activities, how many number of phone calls, how many emails, how how many contact attempts did I make to get to those unique conversations? And I do want to be clear, Denise, on what a unique conversation is. It's not talking to the receptionist trying to get to the decision maker, right? It's not leaving a voicemail. It's when you have that person on your list, on the phone with you, and you're having a conversation, and the unique conversation is when you are able to share your story of why you're calling and what your company does, and they are giving you feedback after you finish, right? That's a unique conversation. You're going to get a lot of no, not interested. You're going to get some, hey, call us back in 6, 12, 24 months. You're going to get some, hey, I'm not the right person to talk to you. You need to go talk to Denise Kagan. And then you get referred over there or um, they're like, oh, heck, yeah, sounds great. Let's set up a time to talk. Right. So those are really the four results of your outreach. And I think the only thing that we haven't talked about yet is timing. How does that play in? Timing, meaning the best times to. Yes. Call timing. My apologies. Sure. No problem. The million dollar question, right? When (laughs) I'm going to give you a short answer that I'm going to share just a few research points that I dug up a year ago. Okay. The best time to call somebody and reach them is when they're at their desks. (laughs) That makes sense. 
That makes with sense. That, with that being said, I did some research. I, I did a uh, talk at my networking group last year. You know, when should I reach out? When should I make the phone call, right? So the golden hours of calling, and I pulled this from an MIT study on 10,000 salespeople uh, around the world that MIT was uh, mainly in the U.S. and the U.K. So the golden hours of calling are 8 a.m. till 9 a.m., 11 a.m. till 12 p.m., 12 noon, and also 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. Those are for phone calls, okay? Now, the golden hours of emailing, I put my own little twist along this research here, 7 o'clock a.m. to 8 o'clock a.m., 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., and 8 p.m. till 9 p.m., and also Sunday evenings. I actually understand the email statistics Um, with my company doing marketing and sending out newsletters. We follow this pattern very closely um, because you want people, people are more apt to read things when they are not physically engaged in the work of their work, of their job. So sending out, say for one of our nonprofit clients, a solicitation for a donation, that's almost always going out on a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Because people mm-hmm. are going to check their computer after their dinner, after they get the kids settled in, unless it's Super Bowl Sunday, then we wouldn't send it ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> or Mother's Day or Father's Day, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but once they do that, they typically go on their computer and check stuff. And they're going to look at their email and there's a much higher chance of them opening that. So I understand that. But the call statistics surprise me. Why's that? I would have expected that 8 or 9 a.m. when people are just getting going, that they would find a call annoying. Or mm-hmm. maybe that's just me personally. It's, it's, it's probably, yeah, that's a little bit of head trash. You know, it's, uh, look, you have to have a mindset on doing project. Prospecting is not easy. The goal of prospecting is to get the opportunity to share your story with somebody on the phone, right? The best time to get somebody on the phone like I said before, whenever they're at their desk, right? I don't, I don't strictly call during these times for my clients, of right? Course. But research shows that first thing in the morning, 8 to 9 a.m., then 11 a.m. till noon is interesting because from what I've read, they've wrapped up their morning meetings. They get back to the desk an hour before they head out to lunch. They're catching up on emails. So you may be able to catch them right before they go to lunch. Then at the end of the day, when they're done with their afternoon meetings and activities, get them before they're wrapping up the uh, day. Now, the 8 a.m. till 9 a.m., do I want to get a cold call at 8 a.m.? Probably not, but (laughs) you'd be surprised. You know, our goal is to get some, we're not not here to upset anybody, but we're here to demonstrate value and, and provide an opportunity of delivering our value to those people. So go for it. Absolutely. Well, you have definitely brought value to the table today. Before we sign off, tell folks how they can find you after the podcast. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, Log on to PiedmontProspecting.com. Check out the website. There's some good content on there. Uh, If you'd like to reach me directly, feel free to email me at chad at PiedmontProspecting.com. Fantastic. Chad, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate all the wisdom that you imparted on the prospecting process for our listeners. Denise, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.